I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's program, mortgage and loan rates fall further, but can you actually get the advertised rates? Are private banks showing impoverished clients the door, having lost them money? And we have some good news and bad news for buy-to-let investors. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Elaine Moore. Hello. Ellen Kelleher. Hello. And this week's special guest, Seb Dovey, managing partner of the Scorpio Partnership, advisors to the wealth management industry. Hello. So let's start then with the money news. This week, a number of lenders announced further cuts to their mortgage rates in response to last week's base rate reduction. Some are now advertising deals at less than 4%. Similarly, personal loan rates look attractive when they're advertised at around 8%. But, Charlene, the big question is, can anyone actually get the rates in the window? Well, I think the answer to that is fewer and fewer people. Like you say, we've seen some good rates come out this week. Alliance and Leicester and Abbey both have rates of 3.99, but they are restricted to people with big deposits, so 40% deposits now. Above that, you're still paying sort of closer to 5%. That can be a particular problem for first-time buyers who generally don't have the kind of deposits that these lenders are requiring and also for people looking to remortgage who have seen the equity in their property come down as the result of the recent property price falls. So everyone, you know, is is having to work a bit harder and maybe put a, a bit more money in to get these best rates. The other thing that we're seeing is that these rates are only available to the very, very best borrowers, those with the sort of cleanest credit records. That has been going on for some while, but we're seeing banks increasingly turn borrowers away for the most minor of details. In recent weeks, I think we've seen someone turned away who paid a mobile phone bill a a few days late. Someone else who had a big deposit waiting to invest in property and had prudently taken steps to split it between a number of different banks because they were worried about losing their money if one of the banks went under. And then when it came to getting the mortgage, the lender refused it on the basis that they'd had numerous credit searches done on on them in in recent weeks. And uh, Elaine, are we seeing similar things in the personal loan market? Because some of the rates advertised appear quite attractive but I've heard that not everyone gets these rates. We are seeing definitely the same thing. So the rates in the window 
They're all right. They're averaging between 8 and 8.5%. The personal loan providers aren't really playing the game in terms of bringing rates down when interest rates come down either. They're still creeping up while mortgage rates are coming down a little bit. But it seems that not everybody even gets 8.5%. We've heard of people being offered 25%, 20% for a personal loan. And is there not any requirement on the part of the, the lenders to, to give this shop window rate to any borrowers? There is. You're not allowed to put a rate out and not give it to anybody. The FSA says that two-thirds of your customers have to be offered this rate, but there's absolutely no provision about what the other third are offered. So that's why the difference between what's in the window and what you personally might be quoted is so huge. Charlene, there isn't any requirement on the part of mortgage lenders to to make rates available to two-thirds of customers. So do you suspect that some lenders are paying lip service to the government in reducing their rates in line with the base rate, but just not letting any money out the door? Yeah, I mean, the view from the mortgage brokers is that it's definitely happening. And interestingly, it is the government-backed lenders that seem to be doing this. Um, We've had examples from Lloyd's TSB, examples from Northern Rock. They're probably not the only examples out there. They're not the only lenders who who are looking more closely at credit, but they are definitely the ones who brokers are having trouble placing business with. So it seems that, you know, on one hand, they're saying, we're cutting our standard rates, we're bringing out all these competitive mortgage rates. And then when you apply for them, if there's any problem with your credit or any sort of unusual thing that crops up, you will not get the rate. And I think that the reason behind that now is that lenders can afford to be very fussy about what business they do, and brokers are saying that for every applicant they reject, there are plenty more coming through the door whose credit is perfect, and they'd just rather not be fussed around any any hassle, not have any hassle, just give it to the kind of cleanest borrowers and are not really willing to negotiate at all. We've heard the exact same thing for personal loans as well. So people who think that they have squeaky clean credit records and have paid their monthly repayments on time are still being offered much higher rates than the ones in the window. We have an FT colleague who was telling us that they uh, saw an advertised loan rate of 8.9%. When they went in to talk about it, they were offered 16%. And when they pointed out they'd been a customer with this bank for a long time, they'd had a good credit record, they were told they could get 14% was the best offer. So don't rely on the rate in the shop window, which appears to be the advice there. And uh, we've got further coverage of who really does qualify for the best borrowing rates in FT Money in this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also send in your questions for us to answer by emailing us at our new address, money at ft.com. Still to come, some good news and bad news for buy-to-let investors. But first, private banks, the image of grand porticos and leather armchairs has always suggested that for wealthy customers nothing is too much trouble but this week evidence has emerged that with clients having lost money on the stock market some private banks are now wondering whether their poorer customers are more trouble than they're worth seb you work very closely with the private banking and wealth management industry have you seen evidence of private banks approaching customers and saying you haven't got enough money I haven't seen physical evidence, but I would say I'm not surprised if it is happening. The issue within the private banks is that they do have to face the reality that a lot of their clients aren't actually at the minimum investment level uh, required to support the business. 
Obviously, at the moment, some of those clients will say that the reason they're not at the minimum investment level is because they've lost assets in the market through recommendations from their private client advisors. So it's a, it's a complicated situation. But there would be suggestions in the market right now to say that clients may be being asked to look elsewhere. And is it also the case that some clients are being asked to top up their accounts or pay more money into the bank, having lost money you know, in the very volatile and falling markets that we've seen? I mean, it depends on the type of product that they've bought. I mean, to me, the initial phrase top up would immediately trigger the mind, in my mind, margin calls uh, with regards to a particular structured product that they may have or particular types of options they might be buying uh, in the market. And in that case, yes, I would expect that to be happening. Um, it probably has been happening for the last three to four months. If it was to top up their overall portfolio balance in regard to having a minimum investment of, say, a million pounds or, or more, that's perhaps a little bit less regular for it to happen in this industry. But again, it's more a case that the industry has to sharpen up its focus with the type of clients it's seeking to serve. Now, if I were a private banking client, not a problem that I have at the minute, I would be <laughs> extremely annoyed if, if my bank had lost me money by putting, putting me into certain products or certain markets that uh, uh, have fared very poorly and then turned around and said, go away or give us more money. Um, are there any instances of you know, clients challenging this? Yeah, I think it's reasonable to say that clients could be annoyed in that situation. There's two sides to the story typically with regard to what it is that you were trying to invest in, whether it was risky and, and the consequence of a risk is that you may suffer a loss as well. It's whether the sustained loss is not stopped by the bank and that's where the problems begin. At the moment, what we're seeing most in terms of client action uh, is obviously in the case of the AIG bond, which is the one that's a, the biggest issue. But around the world, there are also cases that are also happening. Um, and usually it's a case of whether the client feels that the bank has offered, operated prudently and managed the assets in accordance to their wishes. For example, in Singapore, there's a case against UBS currently going through the courts and well publicized as well, which is not just damaging for UBS, but it's actually damaging for the reputation of the industry too. Um, Ellen, you've been looking at the private banking industry this week. Do you think it's a, a case of the products that they offer are just not terribly good or have been shown to be unsuitable? Well, yes. I mean, I think that is a, that's a big issue. They, there's a paucity now of products that can be tailored to investors in a down market. And there has been sort of a, the structured product market at the moment looks damaged. And there are not very many investors who are willing to put money and lock up money into the equity markets at the moment. And because these guarantees don't look as secure as they once did. And so... But is it a case that the, the banks are not really communicating well enough with customers who have lost money and you know are now being asked for more? It's kind of ironic, really, if you think about it, that this is a business that prides itself on relationship management. And one of its biggest issues often is a level of communication. Um, we do interviews with clients, private clients all around the world, and one of the single most um, often complaints is um, they want more communication. Uh, in a market like we have now, which is clearly continuing south, most clients are actually acting, asking repeatedly for better dialogue with their banks. And at the same time, when we talk to the banks, um, they're repeatedly saying to us they're a little bit afraid about talking to their customers. So we have this sort of impasse at the moment between the client and the provider, uh, which I hope will break because it's, it's, um, it's the wrong position for anyone to be in. Uh, Ellen, we've seen private banks in the past move uh, clients who are deemed not to have enough money, having lost money, 
into other parts of their business. I mean, do you think this will happen again now? It very well may. I mean, there were reports out this week that some banks were turning away clients if they had if their accounts had fallen below a minimum threshold. At this point, those accounts remain on the public record. So it's it, there is some indication that this is a problem in the industry. I mean, I think there's always a funny story with regards to private banking, which happened about five years ago uh, in this case of um, trying to deal with better, uh, better deal with clients. One of the U.S. investment banking institutions actually decided that they had to relocate some of their customers and wrote to them congratulating them on an improved service and no disrespect to people that live in Croydon, but the service was being moved from, uh, from Westminster to Croydon and this really threw many of the private clients up in arms to be upgraded in the view of the private bank. It certainly tells a story about uh, the private bank's attitude. And if you'd like to know more about what uh, private banks are doing or not doing for clients, have a look out for Ellen's article in FT Money this weekend. And finally today, we have some good news and bad news for buy-to-let landlords. Um, Elaine, I suppose the, the bad news is that buy-to-let mortgages remain expensive and almost non-existent. There's almost a never-ending stream of bad news for buy-to-let investors. <laughs> there's high mortgages, there's no tenants, there's too many landlords around, the value of the properties are coming down. It's, it used to be such a stable, solid sort of investment, and now it's, it's terrible. So what's the good news that's going to cheer up these, you know, these, these poor buy-to-letters? The good news is that if you are worried about your tenants in the coming year, about their ability to meet the rent, there are steps that you can take to ensure that you've chosen somebody who will be able to meet their rental obligations. There are letting agents who will, for a fee, carry out credit checks on prospective tenants for you. There are private companies that will do the same thing. But perhaps one of the most cost-effective ways is to go to the National Landlords Association, which runs an online check for £25 anybody can search the credit history of their tenant and see if they've had any bankruptcies, if they've had any county court judgments against them, check employer references, that sort of thing. And £25, I suppose, is money well spent if it's going to save you void periods when you, when you don't have a tenant or you know, a tenant just not paying up. It's a horrendous hassle to get somebody out of your house once you've put them in there. So it, the advisor says it's much more sensible to do this than to try and sort it out once somebody's moved in. Seb, I think you've had yeah, a problem well, with this. Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's fine with all these type of skills that you get and the reports that you receive, but you can never sort of legislate against the qualitative aspects. And one of the um, tenants that I had um, turned out to be clinically psychotic, and I don't think there's a tick box for, for that element. And I, it took me a while to get him out of out of my property as a consequence. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that would have come up on a, on, on <laughs> a check. check. No. No. no, so £25 would not have covered that, I'm sure. And I suppose that there might be a spin-off benefit for a tenant in that uh, our producer was telling me that, that, that he had to pay a much higher amount uh, as a tenant to be vetted. So if it's just £25 through the National Landlords Association, tenants can turn around and say, well, that's all I'm going to pay. That's right. It's definitely worth saying to your landlord that the NLA has a check. It's £20 if you're a member, 25 if you're not a member. And that's a much more suitable option than paying 100 upwards for a check on you. Well, that sounds like money well spent if you are a buy-to-let landlord. And uh, for more details of how this tenant vetting scheme works, uh, look out for Elaine's article in FT Money this weekend. But that's all we've got time for in this week's FT Money show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to our new address, money at ft.com. And you can also now read the latest news every weekday on our website, ft.com forward slash money. 
and we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Elaine, Ellen, Charlene, and our special guest, Seb Dovey. Goodbye. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.